0: Flora arrived first at the cottage. She always liked to have time to prepare a welcome. After a day of bullying wind and rain, the evening was suddenly quiet. The clouds had rolled away towards the west. The sky above the beech trees was luminous as a shell lifted up against the light. Weighted branches of lilac slashed the roof of Flora's car as she drove in from the lane. While she turned her key in the lock, "'Tassels of the wisteria that she had trained over the door "'spattered cold drops on her face and hair. "'She scooped up the bottle of milk from the step "'and carried it into the kitchen. "'The smell of apples from the larder shelf "'was overlaid by the smell of soap "'from the freshly scrubbed stone floor. "'A parcel of meat on the table held down a penciled note. "'Butter and cream in fridge. "'The lettuce is washed.' I will try to look in before the weekend but Mr Whittaker is bad with his chest again. Poor Mr Whittaker. But I doubt if I shall get here next weekend. The weekend whoever came that was not Hugh was always an anticlimax. Flora ran upstairs to her bedroom tossed her coat over a chair and slung Nan's deplorable essay onto the bed table. Young monkey What had possessed her not only to cut a coaching without any excuse, but to turn in work that would have disgraced a candidate for O-levels? Suppose she let a mood like that sway her when she was doing her final schools. But she had another year before that to grow up in, and the boy at Merton was going down at the end of this term. That, of course, was more than half the trouble. Shivering in her thin suit... Flora changed into slacks and a jersey, hugging the grateful warmth of wool round her. The cottage was sparsely furnished, with a few pieces looted from home, or picked up at local sales. Flora looked briefly at herself in the long glass of the mirror, which reflected so far as its floors would allow a firm, lissom but not very slender figure, large deep blue eyes and a face undrained by a hard day's work, and a skillfully cut mop of lively brown hair. She combed this into shape. The damp air made it curl readily round her fingers. She touched up her face and ran downstairs again. She sang to herself as she poured beans into the coffee grinder and switched it on. As she was mixing salad dressing, she heard Hugh's car coming down the lane. It passed the window, and she sprang to open the front door for him. His face, fresh from the rainy air, was cold against hers, his arms hard round her. Darling, here I am at last. Am I very late? The traffic on the Woodstock Road was even more devilish than usual. You're not late, but anyhow, you don't have to worry. I just know you come when you can. What a day it's been, but it's a lovely sky now. Come along in. He had to stoop under the lintel of the kitchen door, which just allowed her to stand upright. Let's have a drink first, shall we? Scotch? Please. He put her wrapped bottle down on the table. That's some red plonk to drink with our dinner. We tried it at home on Sunday. It's not bad. Well, my love, how are you? Fine. She was seldom anything else. But you look a bit ragged, Hugh. Has it been a tiresome week? it has rather. There've been one or two things. Never mind, they drop off me here. He looked round happily. I'm always so glad that this is a genuine cottage, not one of those little jobs that are tarted up for London weekenders. I really do feel shut off from the world behind these solid stone walls. It was a stroke of luck finding it, just before you and I met too, do you remember?' "'There we were, Lal and I, drifting round in my car one evening, "'and I saw a handwritten to-let notice fastened to the gate-post. "'Lal thought I was crazy to go on to the farm then and ask for the key. "'By the time we got inside the place, it was almost too dark to see anything. "'There were two dead birds in the front bedroom, "'and a shower of plaster came down on our heads in the kitchen.'